What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-host Jack. And today, you are listening to the 123rd episode of the podcast. Welcome in. Hello, everyone. Hello. What's up, guys? <laughs> Why? Why? Oh, immediately. I want to just like not introduce you and just <sighs> to see how long we can go. That's fine, I guess. I'll just sit here quietly. Joey Bolton is here, uh, making I don't know what number appearance on the show, but how do you not know? Uh, I think fourth, I, I, I could check. Sure you always have check. that ready. I could check. All right. Well, I'm, am I not even on the list? Wow. No, you're sucks. definitely on the list. <laughs> In all honesty, Joey, I invited you on tonight because I just wanted someone to make fun of and yell at for about an hour. Oh no, that's fine. I love being that. That that, that was my whole life for like you know 18 years. So you know, let's get it. <laughs> okay. So if I'm not if I'm not mistaken and I'm not missing anything, the, uh, this is your eighth appearance. Eighth yes. appearance. No way. I'm sorry, guys. That's Fair what my enough. record says. <laughs> Am I like up there then? Like, I feel like what, like just Ryan Jeffries have more than me. I know we're getting kind Shref of has, Shref is the third. He's the secondary beneficiary to the hogline uh, um, <laughs> profits. He's right. been on 12 times. I think Kieran wow. might be next with 10. Um, TJ with nine, you with eight now. It's not bad. Well, it's not bad. So yeah, you're up there. Right, let's go. Um, so welcome everybody. Uh, like I said, this is the 123rd episode and today we will be talking about something that we've kind of neglected for a little bit here. We've been very football focused, but today we will be discussing the NBA, um, we are nearing the midway point of the season, just about there. Most teams are probably like 30 to 35 games-ish uh, played, which is which is halfway for this slightly shortened season. Um, so we wanted to do kind of like a midpoint check-in, and today we'll be discussing um, the all-star rosters that came out a couple days ago. Um, we will be saying who we think got snubbed, who we think – may who made it who may not who shouldn't have made it in our opinions um we'll be giving uh looking at the standings a little bit discussing some teams that surprised us uh in either direction uh give an mvp pick for this point midway point through the season and discuss um you know who we think might make it all the way so got a pretty fun show for you guys today and I guess we can get started with talking about the All-Stars. All-Star rosters came out, like I said, a couple of days ago. The starters were announced probably about a week ago, and then the reserves um, earlier this week. And I guess I can just read them all off, just so everyone's on the same page here. Go for it. Yeah, please. I need a refresher. So the two – it's the Team LeBron, Team Durant format. So there's the two captains, as it's been for the past few years. Team uh, LeBron James and Kevin Durant are the captains. They will be selecting from the pool of players, which include Giannis, Bradley Beal, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, Nikola Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard were selected as the quote-unquote starters. And the reserves, uh, Jalen Brown, Anthony Davis, who will not be playing and will be replaced by Devin Booker, which was announced this afternoon. Paul George. Rudy Gobert, James Harden, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, Nikola Vucevic, and Zion Williamson. 
So those were this year's All Stars. Sorry, and... real quick, are they still are they still choosing people? Like I thought it was just going to be East West just because of COVID. Are they still having captains? Because that's pretty awesome. Correct. That's what I think. Oh wow. Yeah, that's they, cool. they they selected five starters and seven reserves from each conference. Uh, but the captains can pick whoever they want. Oh, cool. That sounds, it sounds like Kevin Durant does not want to be a part of that, but sure, keep me that. That's cool. <laughs> Why not? Because he's just, he never wants to be a part of any of the media, anything. And like the idea That's of true. him being on TNT, talking to Ernie and Shaq <laughs> and Chuck sounds very weird to me. But anyway, sorry, keep going. The East ones. Uh, so that's about it. What are, you, what are your guys' initial reactions? Uh, who, let's start with a snub. Who, who did I not say who you think should have gotten in? I know the most popular pick was probably Devin Booker. Um, a lot of people thought he should have made it, but he, he was the first one to be named in place of Anthony Davis. So if another one of these guys gets hurt, a, a quote unquote snub could get in, but Jack, who did you, um, who was the first person they think you think should have made it, but didn't. Um, so I have a, in the West of the West selections, I'm going to pull Mitchell answer. And I don't think there was a snub. Um, mm. I, I think they got it right with them. And I think this is my controversial take maybe with the West selections. Um, no, I had these notes prior to Devin Booker being inserted in there, but I think they were right in choosing Chris Paul over Devin Booker. Interesting. Um, very similar stats. I mean, maybe not similar is the right word, but comparable, like value-wise. Chris Paul's at 16.6 points per game compared to Booker's 24.7 points per game. However, Chris Paul's assists are almost double Booker's, so that's where he makes up in points. Um, comparable field goal percentages. Um, my deciding factors on Chris Paul over Devin Booker. He's shoot or Chris Paul is shooting 97% from the free throw line. I just thought that was impressive. And then as well as uh, turnovers, Chris Paul's averaging over like about a turnover and a half less per game, um, which honestly, those two things aren't that significant. But my what pushed the needle for me is just think of the team last year and this year and just what Chris Paul has done for the team. They're the fourth team in the West now and they didn't make the playoffs last year and I mean before the bubble they were looking pretty bad so um yeah that's just i really all, about of the west that's really all i had to say nothing controversial i don't do you guys have like a west snub well i mean it's funny i mean first of all you're totally right like they got it completely right in the west the only person i could mention is demar Derozan, which i hate <laughs> i hate saying that even <laughs> just because san antonio's not a great team this year they're not bad by any means but who knows if they'll be a playoff team even, but um, he's the only one that I heard his name a couple times. Uh, I mean, he's shooting really well this year. He's always shot well from the mid range, but even his like three point percentage, like he's two, he's taking two threes a game, which is like the most he's taken while in San Antonio. And he's shooting 33%, which I know sounds like really bad, which is like pretty below the average. Like it's not terrible though, by any means. And also DeMar DeRozan has never shot threes like ever in his career. True. So like, that's not bad at all. Um, so that's impressive. I like him, but should he have made it over any of these other guys? Absolutely not. Like, I really don't think so. I don't think there's a single person in the West that you can talk about that didn't get it. I should have. But um, just going off what you said, too, I found it really interesting that Chris Paul got in, like, first over Devin Booker. I think the voters kind of knew that Devin Booker was going to get in because of Anthony Davis' injury. True. 
But um, at the same time, like Devin Booker would not be an all-star if it weren't for Chris Paul. So like, it does make complete sense that he's comes first. Like, like we saw with the Thunder who are like terrible this year. Like he makes teams playoff teams, which is crazy. True. Like, like yeah. so yeah, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously LeBron could do that. KD could do that. But like, there's not many guys with this skill set that can make every team he goes to a playoff contender. Like that's wild. So yeah, no, I, I love that choice. Mitchell, do you have a West snub? No, I mean, I, I wrote down Chris Paul as well because, okay. you know, he, he doesn't have the quite the numbers that everyone else does. Um, but you could look, look at the same kind of case with Draymond Green when he was making all-star games. He, he never really had the numbers that everyone else has. And, yeah, there were definitely guys who, you know, had better statistical seasons than he did when he made the all-star games. But it's sometimes about impact. You have to take that into consideration. No one's really going to argue that because – Chris Paul is great pedigree in the NBA and um, shifted the whole whole movement of the organization. You know, they're, they're right. solidified right in the playoff spot and it would take, they'd have to really suck the second half of the year for them not to make it. So um, yeah, you, you can't like, I don't know. I think it's a lazy argument to say he shouldn't make it just based off of numbers because yeah. they're yeah. not like horrific, like they're good numbers. Like they're not like, it's not like he's having a bad no, season. Really so, right. Yeah. He definitely belongs in there. Like, I think um, if, honestly, this this is, well, it's a hot take, but, like, I really do think if the MVP was not such a popularity contest and such, like, a statistics contest, like, Chris Paul is an extremely valuable player in this league. Like, I think he should be in the conversation true. even. Like, like like there aren't many guys that can make non-playoff contenders a fourth seed. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, he's just no. so, he's still, he's very old, too. He's not, he's yeah, not exactly. very young, yeah. so doing it, doing it at his age um, is quite impressive. Yeah. So um, I'm sure you guys have some some uh, things to say about people in the East, um, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. go ahead. Should I go first? Go ahead, Jack. I want to hear what you got. Um, my snub in the East, I'm taking Trey Young. Yeah. Trey Young over Zach Levine. Wow. Is what really? I would do. Um, mm-hmm. Just the stats that just jump right out to you. They average similar points per game. I think a point about a point less for young. Um, but young's turned the ball over considerably less than Levine um, and averages almost double his assists per game. Um, and I don't think when comparing them, uh, maybe you can say defense in favor of Levine. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're both on pretty bad teams. So it's not like one is helping a team, you know, in like a prime playoff spot right now. Bulls um, be in the playoffs that ended today though. The Bulls would. Yeah, true. Yep. Hawks would not, right? Hawks would not be in the playoffs. Oh, Hawks! Hawks are out. I mean, that's terrible. These teams are team. separated by one and a half games, but still. Yeah. Regardless, like they're just not great teams. Um, that Hawks team should be way better. I think they have so much talent that is not being utilized. Like. I don't know. That's like I love Quinn Capello. I love yeah. Gallinari. I like I like Rondo off the bench. I don't know. I don't even know if he's healthy, honestly. But like that's just a weird team yeah. right now. Uh, so so what I have um, is Sabonis. You know. Yeah, that was mine. He has a. He's having a better statistical year than he did last year when he made the All Star game. He's having points ever. Yeah. Yeah. Three more points per game. He's. 21.5 points, 11.6 boards, 5.7 assists. That's insane. Um, That's so very, good. Yeah, he's he's really amazing. He's the best player on a top four team in the East. That too. Um, yep. 
So that's really hard. And I, I don't really necessarily know who you put in over him. I guess. Yeah, that's what Joey, I wanted to ask. Joey would it's probably gotten, say, Joey would probably say Jalen Brown, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I would. But I, I don't know. I, would, I, he, I, would he would he have would he have to replace? I don't know how exactly they do reserves, but would he have to replace like a forward center like as I he think is? it has to be two guards, three forwards, and then two wild cards. They say like I'm okay. glad, I think that's what they said on TNT when they were doing the broadcast, but I'm not sure because the only other forward slash center that is there is Julius Randall. Yeah, but Randall deserves it, right? I feel like Randall, like, there's just no question he should be an all-star this year. Like, he's I, made the next. I mean, I don't right. know, though. I mean, I, I was going to say, like, yeah, he's having a fantastic year. He's really, really balling out. But, I don't know. Sabonis so, so is on a better team, and his numbers are slightly better. They're yeah, but very, look. Very comparable, but. Yeah, better team. But, again, they're not separated by that many games. Like, I think it's like a game and a half. Yeah. That's no, why I, I think, think I, I think the two of them, Sabonis and Randall, are just very, very comparable. Like stats are pretty similar, mm-hmm. and the teams' the pages are a little better, but they're not separated by that many. Um, I think just kind of splitting hairs is kind of a toss-up between the two. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the East is weird this year, just because especially like there are so many teams in the East that are below 500 that just should not be like like the Pacers and I mean I don't know if the Pacers are below 500, but I think that the Celtics are, or at least they're at right. 500 right now. Yeah. And um, like I saw a stat the other day that was like the Warriors would currently be like the fourth seed in the East, but they're not even in the playoffs right now or something like that obviously has changed. But like it just shows the East, like I don't know if we can factor in win totals and like seeding for East All-Stars just because like like Vucevic, for example, like he got in because the, the Magic have won like the last four out of five. And like that makes Vucevic seem amazing. But I really do think Sabonis should have made it over Vucevic. Like, OK. I really like that. That's that's who I replace him with, at least. I, I think Randall deserves it no matter what. But um, Vucevic is weird, man. <laughs> like, I, I, I feel bad. Like, he's a great player. But like Sabonis is just better, in my opinion. Has Vucevic ever been an all-star? I don't think. Or four times. Yeah, he has. Four, four times, I think. Honestly. Oh, really? Two times, maybe. Because like, it's, it's his 11th season. I know that. I just saw that today. I'm pretty sure. So like, he's been in the league for a while. And it took a while for him to be like an all-star. I could be wrong. I think he might be two time actually. One. He's definitely made it before. One time. One time before, so this is two time. 2018-19 season, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, okay. So this two is two time. Ago. Okay. I mean that's that's not bad, but once again, so bonus is just having a career year. The Pacers, they should be bad every year and they're not. They have so much like decent talent. So yeah, no. Mitchell, to your been. point on Sabonis having a pretty like I don't did you say better or just about the same season as he had last year, um, when he was an all star. Better season. Better yeah, season. Better. Three points it's more. It's weird how you can compare year to year because that was another thing I wanted to say about Trey Young. He wasn't. He was a starter last year in the All Star game, correct? Yeah, yeah, he was. And yeah. his, I mean, his stats really aren't that far off from last year. I forgot to do it. Oh, I did do a comparison between this year and last year. He's averaging two points less, averaging a little bit more assists, and less turnovers a game than last year. And he was an All Star starter last year and didn't even make it this year. I guess that was my question for you guys, just because, I mean, somebody mentioned defense about Zach Levine and stuff like that. Like, obviously, when you compare Trey Young and, like, Ben Simmons, like, one of the best defenders in the league, like, yeah, like, defense is obviously a factor there. Like, Ben Simmons should be an all-star over Trey Young. But, like, with guys like Zach Levine, who are, like, they're good defenders. Like, he's not a bad defender, but he's not, like, you know, like, one of the league's elite. So, like, does that matter? Like, does that factor in for you guys when it comes, like, is defense, like, a huge thing for all-star nom? Or like, like, what does it mean to you guys? 
That's a good question. I don't know. It's and it, it's hard to tell. Is also another. I mean, you gotta get into some advanced analytics to really um, determine who's a better defender. Like, true. Uh, offensive stats are easy. You can look at efficiency of any percentages. Um, yeah. We all know offensive stats, but defense defensive stats are hard to get into. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess the way that we most basketball fans grow up and just like look at just look at a guy's stat sheet you only really look at offensive stats so i guess inherently offensive stats mean more to me as most people but i i i do give a nod to defense like if i if i know a guy's better defender than another then i would definitely weigh that considerably I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those. It's just one of those weird things. Just because, like MVP, yeah. like it does it factor in defense because there's a defensive player of the year. Like right. that. That's, that's, like, it's, yeah, true. It's just it's one of those weird things. I never know if I should be like thinking about that. So yeah, go ahead, Mitchell. Sorry. No, I don't really have much to add. Um, but I mean, Trey Young is, he's not like he's a below average defender. He's not. Yeah, just, he like, plays like negative defense. No, he's too. the worst. <laughs> he's one of the worst defenders in the league. Like I'm pretty sure. Like, uh, I don't. I don't. I think I remember that correctly. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough, but I mean, if you just look, not much has probably changed with Cherry Young's circumstances, his play and his team's play. They're and sure. like, they're all about the same. So you look at it like, how does someone go from a starter to not even being in there right. at all? So yeah, it was kind um, of yeah, I don't know. Maybe guys are just having better seasons for some reason. It just made more sense. But I think so. Yeah. Joey, did you give a snub? You said Sabonis was his, right? Yeah, Sabonis was the one I was thinking of just because of Vucevic. Like, I'm not saying Vucevic is bad either. Like, it seems like I'm, like, you know, dumping on him. Um, My joke one is that Tobias Harris technically should have gotten it over Jalen Brown, just in my opinion. That's stupid. I know that's stupid. Once again, it's stupid. stupid. Jalen Brown is playing amazing. I I can't even deny it, even with all the bias in me. Like, he is playing very, very well. And there should be two all-stars on that Celtics team. It's just... Like after a while, I I haven't missed like a Sixers game this year. Like what Toby does is so essential to like a team. Like he is the definition of like the third player in a big three. Like getting twenty points a game, getting six rebounds a game. Like that's just essential. So I mean I love his role and like we said, like I think it, there are just better players this year. Um, I think any other year Tobias would have been an All Star, but there's just too many good players in the East this year, especially because the Nets are there. They really screw everything up. But um. No, yeah, I, I do think Toby makes it in a different year, but this year is just not his year. So no, Jalen Brown's not a snub. No, <laughs> that'd be ridiculous. I think I would have. This is a guy I'd knocked in years past or in the past. Um, I think I'd put Chris Middleton over Tobias. Wow. I mean, yeah, I haven't watched that many Bucks game, um, Bucks games, excuse me, but um. Yeah, no, I mean, like, is he he playing well? Like, I don't really know, actually. (laughs) It's very, pretty similar stats to Tobias. Um, He's more, he's more of an emphasis on the three-pointer, right? Like, 20 and a half, yeah, 20 and a half points per game. 20 and a half, six and six he's got. But what's most significant to me is that he's currently, he's in the 50-40-90 club, which that's 50% field goal, above 50% field goal. He's at 51. 40%, 40%, above 40% from three, he's at 43, and then he's at 90% free throw, which that's... Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, no. Which, honestly, uh, Tobias is also pretty close to that. He's shooting around the same field goal percentage, I believe, uh, below that in three-point and also below in free throw, but he still has great efficiency uh, metrics. But um, I don't know. I, I'd give, statistically, I'd give the slight nod to Chris Middleton. Um, yeah, true. I, I can't believe for that also. Like, he was an all-star last year as well. So, like... 
And like Toby, like I feel so bad for him. Like I feel like he's never gonna get an All Star nomination. I forget if he did in the past. I'm pretty sure he didn't. Even when no, he was he's like, n- he's never been an All Star in the six so, hundred ninety million dollars. That's such. That's such. Oh, I'm not gonna make myself more work, but like that, like that's so ridiculous. <laughs> he was so good on the Clippers. He was so good on the Magic. Even like he was like like he's always been that good. So like I don't know. One of these days he'll get it. That's all I'll say. Three, um, eight people have been in the. 50 40 90 club in nba history since the three-point really? line wow. was established it's larry bird malcolm brogdon steph curry <laughs> kevin durant reggie miller steve nash dirk nowitzki and mark price That's so an club. only That's eight why. people have ever done it for a full i season. mean i know I mean, once again, chris middleton this definitely has not been happening still, but I remember like for like 20 games into the season, Seth Curry was in like the 50, 50, hundred club, like the first <laughs> time ever, like, and like, don't get me wrong. He only had like 40 free throws on the year, but he didn't miss one yet still. And um, he was shooting above 50% from the three, but once again, he's not shooting that much. So yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. Give him a shout out. Good for him. All right. All right. We'll move on to looking at some standings. I know we kind of uh, intertwine that in our all-star talk with some teams. Um, but who are some teams that are surprising to you guys? Um, we each picked a team from the East and the West. Um, so I, I, I'll go first. Um, I mean, there, there's a couple that stick out, uh, clearly. Um, Start in the East. But I I mean, I feel like I, to me, two teams kind of stuck out, but I chose uh, the Knicks because I wanted to talk about yeah. them. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the Knicks are pretty fascinating. As, as a team, they are, they have the worst offense points per game wise and the best defense points per game wise. I had that stat written down too. Yeah, they have, they, they average 103 points given up and they score a game, which is which, the, the lowest and the lowest by far for each of them. Yeah, that's would, so. Would have uh, thought Thibodeau was a defensive coach. I never, never, <laughs> never would have thought that. So they really slow the game down, they play at a slow pace and. Yeah, they play fantastic defense. They don't sometimes get a lot in the offensive end. Very slow-paced games. They're seventh currently in the East. I know we kind of said a couple minutes ago how the East is kind of log-jammed with a bunch of teams that are at or around 500. Uh, but right now they're in the thick of the things in the playoffs. And I just think they're playing better than expected, and it's kind of fun. Um I, for one, and a lot of people probably expected them to still be a bottom three team in the conference. The East and, you know, they're, they're only two games better than the Wizards, who are in 13th right now. So, again, a lot can change, but they're playing definitely a, an interesting brand of basketball. And they're that they could be playing in the playoffs. They could be playing the it could be a Nets Knicks first round matchup if it stands as today. So that'd be awesome. Yeah, that that's pretty fun. Um, we said we touched on earlier Julius Randle uh, playing an All Star level, deservingly so. Made it. Uh, R.J. Barrett, he's you know he's playing. He took the necessary steps. Um, he's having a better season than his rookie season, and I think he's on the right trajectory uh, in his second year. Uh, Manuel quickly was their rookie this year. He's providing quality minutes off the bench. Um, he's averaging around 12 points per game in just 18 minutes. So he's really providing them a spark off the bench and, you know, they're just, they're, they're fun. So I want to mention them and, you know, it's something that we're not really accustomed to seeing over the past six, <laughs> seven, eight years, the Knicks in the playoffs at this point. So, um, I don't know, maybe it's a sign of better things to come in New York. 
it's um again as you said something we're not used to with the Knicks but pretty stable starting lineup wise they've only had four different starting lineup combinations and large one of them is largely with their 22 games with Barrett Bullock Peyton Randall Mitchell Robinson um so he has quickly been coming off the bench all year because like he other than uh, obviously the Julius Randall I've been hearing so yeah. much about Emmanuel quickly and how well he's yeah. playing yeah like interesting I mean, also, like, we'll just come back to R.J. Barrett. I think he's awful. <laughs> I think he's one of, like, the worst picks really? that we've seen in years. This is because my, my one friend, Matt Gall, he's always trashing R.J. Barrett, how bad he is. He's been saying this is Duke, even. But, oh. um, no, yeah, so I, I got some bias in there. That's harsh. But, um, no, yeah, it's, it's pretty harsh. I mean, I don't know how much better he's been playing. I think his turnovers were, like, super high last year. Not but really. um, I'm looking at stats I, right now. Like, Is it, is it not? It's not no. bad. I, I could be wrong. Once again, he just hates, he hates this guy. So like, I could be wrong, but also I don't think it's ridiculous to say that. Like they're not making the playoffs by the end of the year. Like the heat are going to be a playoff team as much as I True. hate to say it. Yeah. And um, I, I think Atlanta is a playoff team. And if you want to go as this far, Orlando should probably be a playoff team again. So there's three teams that can easily take their place. And like you said, it's super close right now. Like, well, hold on. so keep in mind, um, they are doing the, the, the play in kind of tournament. True. If you guys Very true. remember that. So I, I did yeah. forget about that. Actually the seven, if for anyone who's listening, it's not familiar of how it works. Um, at the end of the year, there's like a mini play in tournament for the seven through 10 seeds in each conference. Uh, the seven seed will play the eight seed. And then the winner of that game is solidified at the seven spot. And then the eight, the nine and 10 play each other and the loser of that's eliminated. And then the loser of the seven, eight game and the winner of the nine, 10 game play. And then the winner of that is the eight seed. Jeez. So that, I don't know, that, I don't know if it's too confusing for people to follow, but um, that's kind of what's going on this year. So yeah. it's even different from last year with like the Portland Memphis game, right? Like it's a little bit different than that even. Yeah. I think that yeah. was the eight and nine or the last two teams play. And then the, the team with the slightly worst record has to beat them twice. And then if they, yeah, yeah that's true. how that works. But this is a little different. Um, so if you just make it to the 10 seed, you got to still have a fighting chance at the end. So I think the Knicks can, can get in there. Yeah, I mean, true. The Pistons, Cavs, Wizards, sorry, Jack, the Hornets, they're not, they're not making that. So don't count out the Hornets. And maybe the Bulls as well. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, I, I was, I think there is a more obvious answer because even Joey kind of just said it there. What, who's the more surprising team in the East, but I just wanted to make sure we were talking about the Knicks because um, I'm sure one of you will have the heat. So. Yeah, true. Very true. Uh, I did make the I, prediction before the season started that the heat were not making the playoffs. So that's why I said, unfortunately, so I, but like obviously injuries have helped me out a lot with that, but yeah, um, I'll defend the heat. Is the heat your team? well and that should make the playoffs or shouldn't make the playoffs no just your surprise team that you wanted to talk about oh yeah sure no I mean, i'll say that i was i was gonna say the Knicks as well honestly just okay. because i've never seen new york being good but no yeah i mean miami has definitely surprised me like even when like don't be wrong jimmy butler's been playing insanely well the past couple of like weeks but um i think he has like four triple doubles in the past like two weeks which is crazy but um when they weren't healthy like bam out of bio cannot clearly be alone on the team he's not that good and um, they need all their pieces to work. So they, they, they surprised me for sure. Like even Tyler here has not been playing that great. So, like, it, I mean, his numbers are down. Yeah, I'll admit that, yeah, Hero has been down a little bit from last year. Um, but I, I they got hit with the COVID bug pretty true. hard early on. Yeah, true. And also injuries too. Drogic is a – he's so underrated and he's been he's out. He's huge for that team. Yeah. He scores um, so much. 
So, yeah, uh, you said it. I think once they get healthy, they're going to be right there in the mix. I mean, right now, they would be, like, the 10th seed, but everyone's separated by, like, like they're a game worse than the Celtics, you know? I don't know. So, That's wild. That's so wild. Yeah, I mean, it, the, Heat, the Heat are 7-3 and three in their last 10. They're on a three-game winning streak, so they are playing better. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like, yeah, which, which is not surprising. Like, we all knew that this, this team is good, like, there's not it's not a complete fluke that they made the finals last year. Uh, I can go ahead and give my team. It's not the uh, Heat. What do you say? I'm assuming. It's not the Heat. No, it's not the Heat. It um, shouldn't be the Hornets, Joey, because the Hornets are right where they are. Horn- Hornets are right year, where I'm nine. <laughs> I think that like eight seed. They're, they're tied not- for the eight seed. They're tied with the Knicks. Stop ripping on the Hornets because they're <laughs> Jack. They're they're right where they are every year. Yeah, but they're going to be good this year. Gordon Hayward's having a great year. He may be yeah, looking, but well, you could say his best year of his career so far. Lamelo Ball is going to be rookie of the year, as much as you want to deny it. No, he will be. Yeah, and he's like, actually easily. good. So, um, I will no. My actual team was the Hawks because I had yeah. every season. I had the Hawks in the playoffs. I think my, they were my sixth seed. I mean, I didn't even have them all up to five. But a lot of people, I think, were uh, pretty bullish on the Hawks. Um, they what's their record? I mean, they're at, a great, they're a great team moment. on paper. Like they're, they're thirteen such a and eighteen. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest knock that we, the crit- critique of the Hawks is that they don't play defense, which yeah is spearheaded by Trey Young, which doesn't quite make sense to me because I, mean, I feel like John Collins and Clint Capella can offer some kind of defensive presence. As well as John Joe Hunter, uh, they're what are they? They're twenty first in the league in points per game allowed points per game allowed, um, which that's not good. One hundred thirteen points a game, and I guess their identity as a team is um, shooting. I guess I, maybe I'm just like saying this because that's what Trey Young is. No defense, all shooting. But as a team, they're shooting forty five percent, which is also twenty first in the league. Um, so again, that's not great either. Um, what else I got on the, on the Hawks? I mean, Joey also, uh, Joey also said it that I, like, I like their starting lineup and the guys they have, and I I should, I feel like they should be better led by young. Um, they, I guess their two is like Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter. Uh, DeAndre Hunter went healthy, would be their small forward. And then Collins and Capella, and Capella. Um, but DeAndre Hunter has been hurt. I forget how long. Um, also, what what's his name? Um, Bogdan Bogdan Bogdanovich has also been hurt. Um, oh yeah, I forgot he went there. So I guess that can be attributed to a little bit of their uh, just not as um, I don't know, just not as good as we thought they'd be. But DeAndre Hunter, I just mentioned him. He, I just checked his stats, and he's. Look like he's having a, a great year. Already at 17.2 points per game. This is his second year, right? It's a second Who's that year, yeah. Um, on 52% from the field. Like, that's – I was impressed when I saw that. Uh, so, again, when he's healthy, he's hurt right now, uh, that'll be a spark to them. And as we have been mentioning, um, all these teams are pretty close. I, know, I think the Hawks are sitting at, like, the, the 12th or 11th or 12th in the East separated by like a game game and a half so um 
they could get right in right into the mix of things once they're healthy. No, yeah, I mean, the reason I said that the Heat weren't going to make the playoffs this year is just because I saw how good the the East was. Like, I really, really expected the Hawks and the Magic to be like playoff teams, and I think they that's still not ridiculous to expect. And um, but like Mitchell said, I completely forgot about that play-in tournament, and I it's going to come down to that, obviously. Like, it's 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 going to be four teams playing for that eight seed. Right. So um, we'll see who wins. I, I think Miami could easily fall out of that for sure. So no, yeah. Also, uh, shout out Quinn Capella. I, he's leading the league in rebounds per game. Is he really? 14 no a game. And wow. shooting about 60% from the field. On, I think he's averaging 14 to 14 on 60%. So that's Whoa. Um, very good. It's extremely good. Shout out Clint. <laughs> uh, Stupid name. It's a bad name. Clint Capella looks really good. Do you know who else looks good, Jack? Mm-hmm. Oh. Hogline Nation, if they were <laughs> Mr. T's tuxedo. <laughs> um, do you want some more information on Mr. T's tuxedo? It sounds yeah. like he does, Jack. It sounds I, like he's I, very interested. I do, um, if you wouldn't mind. Well, Mitchell and Clint, if you're listening. <laughs> um, do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedo has the best suits and tuxedos in the area and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with any inquiry uh, to take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrTeesTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. Awesome. Now I know where to go if I need a tux or any formal attire. And Clint Capella um, does as well. Right. All right. So uh, we will move on to our surprise teams in the West now. Um, you can go first, Jack. I have one. Uh, I guess you could, there's a couple, there's a couple that came to mind as well for me, but I want, I'm interested to see who you have. Hopefully we don't have the same one or hopefully all three of us don't have the same one. True. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to eat my words. Do you know what I'm going to say? No, I don't. In reference to our NBA preview show, who I had missing the playoffs and is now currently the one seed in the West. Okay. <laughs> it's the Jazz, who I thought would be the 10th seed, but hey, things happen. <laughs> um, I'm going to give them – I have three points down of why they're good. Okay. Okay. Um, three points. First okay. thing I got is health. And stability. I referenced it with the Knicks. Jazz only had three di- three different starting lineup combinations, um, and largely with Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, who stinks, uh, Royce O'Neal, and uh, who else? Bojan Bogdanovich. Too many Bogdanoviches. And then uh, Rudy Gobert. Way too many. Um, so that's one I can attribute. Oh, their success sorry, to. sorry to interrupt you. I'm just, I'm just, it's all coming back to me and how you really just were harping on the fact that Mike Conley stinks. I remember that now. Yeah, he stinks. Um, 
Isn't he playing better this year? A little year, bit though? better. He's definitely, he definitely not that much. He still sings. I could beat him one on one. The next point I got is <laughs> Joe Ingles. Uh, coming off the bench, averaging 26 minutes per game. And he's shooting really well from three. He's at 46% behind the arc, which is up from last year. I believe last year he was down to like in the 30s. I think only like 39, but up 7% from last year, which that's really his identity as a player, just a guy who comes off the bench. I mean, he was starting in the past, I believe, but there's a three-point shooter. That's that's just who he is. Um, that's key. Yeah, as we all know, three-point the three point the three ball is significant in the NBA now. Um my last point, reason why they're good, Clarkson. it's Shaq. What? I mean, did you do you guys what, know of his comments? Do you remember what he said? With the yeah. I remember I was watching it was <laughs> so about a month ago from today. I was I was actually watching that live as I do every Thursday. I love that the inside the NBA crew. Um yeah, it's amazing. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, it was a, so he just criticized Donovan Mitchell and said, "You're one of my favorite players, but I don't think you have what it takes," or something like that. Um, he did not care. And then a lot of life. a lot of people were very <laughs> critical of Shaq for just like blat- like coming out and saying that, and like a lot of players I saw were pretty outspoken that that was kind of out of line. Um, but I disagree. <laughs> um. I mean, Shaq is one of my favorite basketball players and people of all time. But he, I honestly do think, and Shaq has come out and said this since then, that he was just trying to, he had a motive there. And he was trying to, it was just a motivating factor. Um, just to, I don't know, maybe instill an additional spark into Jazz. And since Shaq's comments, the Jazz are 15-2. and two. So... I'd, I'd actually, you know, I don't know what you're referencing, actually, so I'd have to see his exact quote or watch watch a okay. clip of it. He basically just, it was at one of the post-game interviews, um, and he said, hey, Shaq, here, uh, you want Oh, he said it to him. To Donna Mitchell on yeah. Yeah, like to one face, of my favorite yeah. players, um, but I don't think you have what it takes to good, like take your team to the next level. What do you have to say about that? And then Donna What Mitchell did just, he say? He just said something like, all right then. Okay. I've, I've he's like, said, okay. okay. He's like, like, yeah. I mean, he took it well. He's just like, I've been hearing that since my rookie year, so it's not it's nothing new. And then yeah, but like, like the issue was like he didn't even say it like that. Like there was like a large gap of like silence after he just pretty much said like okay, like oh. which is like don't be wrong, like that that no, like that's like the perfect answer. Like like that's what Shaq expected, I think. Right. Like he wanted like like oh say less, like I'll 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 prove you wrong kind of thing. But it got really blown out of proportion because it just seemed like Donovan Mitchell was not having the question. Yeah, and a lot of players, like I know LeBron and I think Katie as well, were just didn't like that question or what I mean, I don't know, just what Shaq said. But I really do think that it had an effect. I haven't looked at Donovan Mitchell's specific stats, but I mean, you look at the team's record, they're 15 and 2 since then. And I genuinely do think that that's what Shaq was aiming at when he asked that question. Or when he, like, prove, when yeah, like prove me wrong kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, because I mean, he did preface it, and I do believe him that he's one of his favorite players to watch. And you can, I think, I I could tell by his demeanor the way he said it. He was coming, like he was, he had a ulterior. He had a, yeah, he had a goal in mind. Yeah, I mean, like, like literally every single time the Sixers are nationally televised by like TNT, like Shaq and Chuck just literally destroy him, like Embiid, sorry, for like not playing at his full potential and stuff. So, like, that's all they do. They always love pushing people. Like, Paul George, for example, in the playoffs, 
they yeah. could not trash him more i think like like he deserved but um it was it was just the delivery that Shaq had that was really weird <laughs> like it was just like a little too on the nose to be honest so like that's why it was so awkward but um no yeah it didn't matter that much so Shaq so Shaq's your reason Jack all right cool I yep. like that so I don't I, I also I also selected the jazz, so I won't add too much more, but I mean I, I didn't have them as like a ten seed like Jack had them too. But you know, I look back at it, the past four postseasons they were the five seed, five seed, five seed, six seed in the past four playoffs. So I mean they kinda are what they are, and I thought they'd stay around there. Good team, but probably bounce in the first round or second round. And that's kind of where they've been at. Um, and now they just break through all of a sudden and they have the best record in the NBA and they're, you know, not, nothing really changed. Like they have the same pieces, same coach, same players. So it's all about the same. Um, they're just playing better. And I guess that's, that's what happens eventually. If you have the same stability, eventually, um, if, if they're talented people around you, like the jazz do have a bunch of talent. Um, I guess if you keep that together and they're healthy, then it just, it comes together at some point. Um, so they're the one seed now. Um, but you know, what's their real ceiling? I feel like maybe the Western conference finest finals are their absolute ceiling. Like something yeah. like something crazy would have to happen for them to make the finals. LeBron would have to get hurt. Um, and maybe another team would have to suffer injury. So I really don't like, you know, I don't think they're having a around. great year and you can't really take anything away from that. But is this really going to matter? Like, are we going to look back on this two years from now and say like, oh, remember, like, like people aren't really going to really remember this, I think. So <laughs> I don't want to belittle, belittle their accomplishments, but true. Um, yeah, it just, it's just it's a question like what is their I don't mean to pull a shack here, but but what is their real ceiling here? It's true. I mean, yeah, I actually I, 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 yeah, that's not true. My comedy's playing way better. I, I think <laughs> that has to be attributed to them playing better. But um, the best comparison I can think of, like, especially bringing up LeBron, is, like, they are the Western version, of, the Western conference version of, like, the Raptors in the East a couple of years ago when they had DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry and stuff. Like, they're a great team, like, like, like in the regular season especially, but, like, does LeBron care? No, he's just going to beat them. Like, he does not care whatsoever. They're not making it past the second round. So, yeah, no. Great regular season team, but, like, I don't expect much from them in the playoffs. Right. Uh, Joey, do you have a different team for the West? I mean, just like, I guess about? like the biggest surprise team. I, I went the opposite direction a little bit. Uh, you guys went with like the best team, like the biggest surprise that way. I went more so the opposite direction, the most surprising losing team. And that is the Dallas Mavericks. Right. Um, yeah. I just wanted to talk about them too, because like, there has to be a serious conversation had about Christoph Porzingis and his health. Like he is one of the best players in this league, in my opinion, when he is healthy, but like, he is the reason that they're not succeeding. Like, I'm pretty sure he's still hurt. I don't know if he's played a game this year, to be honest. I really don't remember. I think he has. I think he's played, like, like Yeah, what? he's played this year. No, yeah, I'm pretty sure he has. But once again, I haven't seen him play because in all the national televised games, I swear he's always hurt. But, um, no, like, I really do feel like Dallas is really disappointed this year, especially after trading Seth Curry. Like, I'm not going to act like Seth Curry is, like, you know, the be-all, end-all of every team. But, like, that Josh Richardson trade is not paying off so far. And um, no, yeah, that team just surprised me how bad they are. Like, like Luca's obviously playing at an MVP level still, but um, the rest played of the played seventeen are not games. Played seventeen. Wow, geez. Clearly, I've not been watching the Mavericks, but um, okay, but it's still it's still like about half or less. So no, yeah, I mean that's actually ever 
that's actually like really surprising still even that they're still well below 500 now i'm pretty sure they are no I'm they're sure. i think they're at 500 right oh, now oh they're at 500 they, now they, yeah. they have been i think they're on a little bit of a winning streak like they have been playing well I, as of late but i mean luca snap last night i i, I saw yeah, that yeah yeah um, but um you can't be relying on your superstar player to make a superstar play every game so you know no surprise I um I agree with you. The Mavericks. I mean, we all thought they'd be better. Um, I thought they'd be like top four, honestly. Like, I really thought they were gonna be really good. I know. I've I've I feel like I've just been. This is like the millionth time I said this this episode, but the Mavericks have fourteen different starting lineup combinations. Whoa. Okay. There's. I gotta. I want to run. That, some, do you know where that ranks in the NBA, Jack? I don't. I want to do. I want. I'm gonna go into more of a deep dive on this because there's gotta be a. A pretty That's strong be correlation pretty between there. starting the amount of starting lineup combinations and win percentage because, I mean, stability is huge, you know, and I, you I gotta have Miami players available and you got chemistry as well. I mean, I said it about the uh, the Clippers last year, and we all know about know that about the Clippers that I think that was their biggest downfall that they had so many different guys in and out and you know load management and all that, um, and they it hurt them in the playoffs. Certainly a fine line to walk uh, between team chemistry and giving guys off to preserve their health. Um, Right. You have to consider both. um, But like you said, in in the Clippers case was kind of their downfall. Um, Yeah, but yeah, certainly a disappointing year so far for the Mavs. I know that a lot can change still, but a lot of, I think people definitely expect them to be entrenched in a playoff spot so far. So yeah, we will see. All right, uh, we'll move on to some MVP talk before we close out the show with a finals prediction. Um, who do you guys have for your MVP so far at this midway point in the NBA season? I don't want to start because people are going to hate mine. <laughs> They're not going to hate mine, but like, I feel like um, this is an obvious answer. I'm, I'm picking Embiid. Good. MVP. We're all picking Embiid. Okay. Are we all picking Embiid? Okay, good. Very, um, very good. I think that. that I mean I'm go I love LeBron, we all know. And I'm gonna be rooting very hard for LeBron to win. He LeBron has the best odds currently. Um but Embiid, just what he's doing is just undeniable. Like how <laughs> first off, Sixers are the one seed. If they keep that up, that's huge for Embiid. Um Averages more points per game than LeBron, more rebounds per game, similar field goal percentage. And, yeah, I just think team success is going to be the uh, deciding factor here because it's either him or LeBron, and then the next two, odds-wise, are Jokic and Curry. Those two guys are bat- battling for playoff spots in the seventh and eighth seed right now. And I don't. I can't recall the last time an MVP was worse than a six seed, which was Russ in 2016. Sure. Um, but that was kind of an exception. I feel like you know that team was a lot. I mean, that, that team was definitely a lot worse than a six seed. So, um, yeah. I mean, the Lakers are the three seed right now, and there's a case to be made that if Anthony Davis is out for extended period of time, which looks like he will be. Um, you know, like if LeBron keeps them up in like the three seed, four seed, then that could make a case for LeBron. But then another thing, reason why I'm thinking Embiid's going to win it is that 
the NBA does, doesn't want to give it to LeBron because LeBron's time is, I guess, near the end. I don't like to admit that, but maybe it is. And when he's gone, the NBA is going to want some stars left in the league. They don't want they don't want the LeBron to win every year and take MVPs away from the future of the league, which is Embiid if he can stay healthy. So um, another reason why I think Embiid will get it. I really want LeBron to win it though because I feel like he's been he's definitely been snubbed several times, um, and he's best player to ever live. So that's that. What do you got? Any what What do you guys think? I mean, like the biggest thing I want to say about LeBron is that like I think if he wins the MVP this year, like it really is just history catching up with itself. Um, like you said, he should have won the MVP like ten years in a row, technically, if you really think about it. Like, like it's just in that as stupid as that sounds, like it's probably true. Like he was the best player in this league for ten years. But um, is he the best player now? I, I don't really know. Um, he's playing like it 100%. But um, it really does feel like ever since Anthony Davis got hurt, even with him not being hurt, him playing below what he usually plays, it does feel like the Lakers are holding on for dear life on that, like, 2C, 3C? What are they even? Like, whatever. Right, no, they're holding they're on. Yeah, they're holding on to that top four pretty much. And especially with Anthony Davis be- being out recently, LeBron is, like, like – he's old man like he can't be playing this many minutes and this much time like like this like he can't be playing this hard all season or else they're gonna like pitter patter out and by the end of the season so um no that's all i gotta say about lebron yeah yeah true like i mean once again yeah like he's one of those tom brady guys it's like you you expect him to fall off the cliff or whatever and he just i mean that that, there is some merit to that like i think what's what can separate a lot of what can separate one is being the goat or just like longevity, if you want to talk about like Tom Brady invests a lot in his body, you know, the TV yeah. 12, all that stuff. LeBron invests over a million a year in his body. Yeah. And, you know, he's still MVP level at 36. That's incredible. So, like, taking care of your body is a lot more important than many people would think. Yeah, so, true. I don't know why what- it came up, but yeah. No, yeah, sure. No, that's, that's a great point. I, it definitely should not be. I don't think it should be a penalty against him, obviously, him being old, but it definitely shouldn't be like a a, a noose. I don't know what the word is, like a, like a reason he should win. Like, you can't yeah. be saying like, oh, like he's playing 30 minutes a game, which is crazy. Like, that's awesome for his age. Like, he should win MVP. Like, no, nah, yeah. like, like, yeah. like if, da- yeah. if Damian Lillard was having that kind of season where he's playing 45 minutes a game, that'd be like ridiculous to say that LeBron yeah. gets it. But anyway, my, real quick, to get to Embiid, I don't want to get too much into it because obviously I'm super biased and I don't want to bore everybody. But, like, this truly is, like, the greatest season we've ever seen from a big man in, like, 10 years. Like, I really do believe yeah. that. Um, he's the first seven-footer to drop 50 points in since – what the hell, what the hell was it? I just saw a stat. I, since – I forget who the big man was. I want to say it was, like, probably Shaq or something. But anyway, I don't remember it. But, like, my point is, like, he has not changed at, at all the way he plays. Like, obviously, Doc Rivers is there, and, like, he's creating much more space for everybody, especially with the roster they have. But Embiid's playing the same exact he's been playing, like, all the time. Like, every, like whenever, like, going back to Shaq and Charles Barkley, like, you know, always trashing them, they were always saying, like, stop taking those mid-rangers. Like, it's stupid. Like, just go down low. Like, go where you dominate and stuff like that. And they stopped saying that, not because he's stopped taking the mid-rangers. He's just making them. Like I saw a statistic last yeah. like week or two ago that he is literally the best shooting mid-ranger, mid, best mid-range shooter in the league. Like he's literally like two percentage of points above Kevin Durant. And that's just insane. Like the fact yeah. that he's <laughs> shooting better than Kevin freaking Durant from like the, the foul line and the foul line from the mid-range. 
Like, that's just so crazy. So, no, once again, he's not changed at all how he's played. He's just making it now. Like, he's just being the player that we all know he could be. So, no, yeah, he's he's the MVP. He'll never win it again if he wins it this year. It's that kind of league. Like, he can't do anything different, like, like, like to win back-to-back MVPs. So, like, yeah, not like a dynasty kind of guy, but no, he is the MVP, 100%. Yeah, I uh, well, I agree. It, if the season were ending right now, you have I think he's the choice. He's averaging thirty points per game, eleven and a half rebounds, um, three assists, and a, um, nearly a block and a half and a steal and a half a game. Sixers are first in the East, as we all know, twenty-one and eleven. And um, so, yes, that he's the he is the choice right now. I think the best value, if you're betting on us, is Jokic because of a couple of reasons. I was hoping no one would say Jokic. Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I, like, I, Embiid is my pick. That, that is my pick. I'm yeah, saying I, I, if I, you I, were I to bet on that, I think Jokic is the best, the smartest kind of thing. Um, you know, we don't have to harp on it. But everyone knows Embiid. It's he's a little bit more likely to get hurt than other guys. So if he gets hurt, that could that's a huge blow to his. Depending on what time of the season he gets hurt. If it's like with 10 games left, probably won't make a difference. But if it's with 20 games left, maybe it will. Um, so that that's a thing you have to consider. And like we, you guys just said it a couple minutes ago, LeBron, um, maybe, you know, they may want to take a look at uh, conserving his minutes. And, you know, everyone knows LeBron, like he doesn't really, he doesn't care about the regular season. If he's just in the playoffs, then that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care who he plays. So they just want to get there and maybe – start to pick up momentum as the, the season closes. But like the dog days of the regular season from like now until, you know, for another month or so where a lot of guys could be making ground in this MVP race, it doesn't really matter to him. He only cares about winning. It doesn't really matter. And I guess the Lakers don't either. So he's not really playing for MVPs. He's playing for titles and respect and a legacy. So, and Jokic, you know, he, I think he he's almost averaging a triple double and averaging 27 points per game, 11 rebounds, eight and a half assists, 27 points and 1.7 steals. So yeah. And the nuggets don't have the best record right now, but they're only a game or two games away from fourth or fifth. So if they play, if they start to pick it up at the end of the year and they don't even have to pick it up that much, you know, if they just sustain the level they're at and pick it up a little bit, they could finish fifth or in the middle middle of the playoff teams. And yeah, things are going to have to go his way for him to win it. But I think he, he is the, I don't know. I think he is better. It's hard to say he's, I think he has better stats than Embiid, I guess. And I, I mean, you're, Embiid you're offers to... more in the de- defensive end as well. But Jokic does not play defense. I know, but it's, uh, I think he's, he's where I probably bet. Um, yeah, I'm trying but... to like take a little bit of a risk. Like, once again, like me and Jack were talking about earlier, the whole idea of like, does defense matter in these nominations? Like, all star voting, like, probably not, but like, MVP is a weird one. There's a defensive player of the year, there yeah. is not an offensive player of the year that's separate from the MVP, obviously. Like, like, so what, what is the factor of defense in the MVP? Like, if it's a factor at all, I think that Jokic should not even be in the conversation. I think it's ridiculous that he's even being compared. I know his assist numbers are way, way higher. And like, I really do chalk that up to the fact that Embiid does not pass out to shooters who shoot right away. It's always, like, a pass out, like, a swing around, like, three-point line kind of option, or he's, either th- or he's throwing it to the other corner, 
which is usually not going to be open and they usually end up cutting and like passing again. So like his a pass his pass to assist numbers in beads. I'm, I will, I haven't looked at it, but like that's definitely way higher than Jokic's. So I just hate that passing comparison because obviously I don't want to take anything away from Jokic. He's one of the best passing big men we've seen in a very long time. But like I just hate that stat because like once again, if you, if you do factor in the defensive side, like it just shouldn't be a question. Oh, I'm not also like, you know, once again, I'm not tearing down Jokic. He's, he's a really good player in this league, but I just, yeah. I can't. If he won it over and beat, oh my God, I would literally like kill somebody. Like that would really annoy me. But once again, bias as well. Like I'm, I'm being an asshole. I'll, I'll blank that out. I don't care. <laughs> um, a quick thing on Jokic. Um, I've never been a huge fan of Jokic. I mean, as a guy, like he's a cool guy, but. Uh, his play style um i've never it's been fun to too, hang out with <laughs> i i would love to hang out with him but i just never been too keen on his play style because one he doesn't play defense and two i just feel like he's too just played too sloppy and like lethargic and i always just feel like he kind of gets lucky with like getting getting a role but you always um, say lethargic that's your that's your buzzword with Jokic. he well, of the day. it's true he is very lethargic he plays slow um it but doesn't matter though true. i'm gonna i gotta give credit to him this year he's I mean, he could. I don't think he's he's not in there in the mix for most improved player odds, but no, he wouldn't win it. But still, no. he's he's up from 19 points a game to 27 points a game, uh, shooting 56 percent. And then last year, he shot 31 percent from three. He's at 40.8 percent from three. So that's a pretty significant uptick that I haven't heard about until I took a dive into these stats. True. Oh, and also, like, I, I do want to emphasize, we are talking about regular season play. Like, if if we're talking about playoffs, like, teams can prepare so well for Embiid compared to Jokic, just because, like, it is as simple as double teaming him and hoping that the shooters make the shot otherwise then. And, like, when we're talking about a seven-game series, it's going to be way different for Embiid. Like, he's got to be perfect for them to be, like, mm-hmm. a good team. Meanwhile, the Nuggets, I think they're way more set up for the for the playoffs. Like I think that that Jokic Jamal Murray combo is just so perfect. So um no, yeah, once again, I'm not even saying Embiid's a better player necessarily than Jokic. It's just that he is the MVP right now. 100%. So yeah. Uh, yeah, and I agree. I was I was just uh outlining a narrative for Jokic to win it, and which is yeah, true. I could see. I could see. I could see him being getting yeah, hurt cuz yeah. it's happened before and Oh could, yeah. Uh, that's I could the last see the Lakers. I could see the Lakers kind of sitting LeBron for a little bit and and also LeBron fatigue. So there's a lot of those two things are definitely feasible to happen. And I, I can see it happening. So no, yeah. The last thing I'll say is that, yeah, we are one Embiid four week injury away from him being like from, from being a pipe dream away from him being an MVP nomination, much less the MVP himself. Like if he gets hurt for four weeks, we're not going to even hear about Embiid in the MVP talk forever. So yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. I got one quick thing to say as we wrap up MVP talk, just shout out to Steph Curry. Yeah, true. He's not going to win it. I don't think he'll win it. But his stat line is very, very close and similar to when he won unanimous MVP. It's kind of crazy, like how we, the um, we mentioned like the Trey Young thing, and who did you mention Mitchell Sabonis last year? Like year to year, very comparable stats, but just like completely different. Um, I mean, he's like tied for the fourth leading candidate odds wise as MVP as opposed to five years ago, this was unanimous MVP selection. So that was just interesting, I thought. No, yeah. I mean, that's the last thing I want to – sorry, I keep saying last thing. But, like, Shaquille O'Neal keeps saying on TNC that, like, oh, MVP is not a team statistic or a team award. It's an individual award. It should not matter what the right. team's record is. I think that is the most ridiculous thing that you can say 
Like, I really do think any top five pick out of the NBA can come into the league and shoot 40 shots a game and be considered like an MVP candidate, hmm. like based off his numbers. Like, it's really truly about are you playing super well while your team is still winning? Cause like, that's what matters that's at the true. end of the day is it, are you helping your team win yeah. or are you just playing well by yourself? Cause yeah, then Trey Young could obviously be an MVP candidate even, or like Luca should be an MVP candidate, <laughs> but they're not, they're not winning right now. So no, yeah, I, I hate that. I hate that. It's just so stupid. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will close out the show. Uh, we will give our finals prediction as it stands today. Who will be playing in July? Tough one, very tough one. It's not that tough. I'm sticking with, <laughs> I'm sticking with my, uh, my finals pick with the uh, in the preview show Nets Lakers, and I've been going back and forth. I feel like I switch every day Nets or Sixers, um, but today's a Nets day. Uh, but I just the I there's there they are really good, and the stat that puts me over the edge puts them over the edge for me right now is that. They're fifteen and four against uh teams above five hundred, which is best in the league. Way better and, than the Sixers too. Way yeah, better. so that's I think that's pretty significant. Um we all know they're big three. Um and Joe Harris is great, DeAndre Jordan is great. And then solid I mean they, they did give up considerable death in the James Harden trade, but Landry Sh- Shamit coming off the bench and then he, who he's else awesome. Bruce Brown, Jeff Green. Hey, Jeff Green. Now I'm gonna pump my LeBron, LeBron, LeBron debate over MJ. Jeff Green was LeBron's number two option in the in the 2018 Finals when Curry, when what's his name, when Kyrie and yeah. Kyrie was gone. I mean, when when Kevin Love went down, and this is like their eighth guy that they have. So. I mean, you're forgetting about CD Osman, I think, which is a little <laughs> ridiculous, Jack. True. But otherwise, you're right. So and then. Um, we already talked about the Lakers. I don't know. I still, I don't think the Jazz will stick around, as we said. And LeBron's just gonna go alpha mode. Yeah, the Nets are gonna. It's gonna be Nets Lakers for me as well. Uh, the Nets are on a seven-game winning streak without Kevin Durant. That's scary. So, yeah, they're gonna be playing. And I'm. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like on other NBA shows and other times I would try to get cute and pick the Celtics or pick the <laughs> Bucks or pick the Clippers or somebody like that. But like I'm, I think I'm done with that at least for now. Um, so I'm going with Nets Lakers, and I I feel pretty confident about that. So I I I, I have no regrets or like. Uh, the Sixers aren't making it. The Celtics aren't going to make it. The Celtics lost to the the Hawks by 15, I think, tonight, and they're 15 and 17. So we're really in a funk right now. And that that game against the Pelicans, I don't know if you guys saw over the weekend, was very yep. frustrating. Had a I think yep. a 16 point lead at halftime, and just really let that one slip away, which was just very dumb. So I'm frustrated right now. I and mean, again, I I think we could definitely pick it up and maybe get some momentum in the playoffs, but. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's the year. Mitchell, you were very quick yeah. to say that Sixers aren't making it. Um, Joey, tell us why the Sixers are going to make it because I think there's a very, well, okay. I think there's a very legitimate argument to be made the Sixers will make it, and, and I will help you. 
So real quick, I do want to get into it by saying that I like I was gonna choose the Nets to make the finals. Um, even with the bias included and all that stuff. Like I love the Sixers, but I really do think I expect too much for them in the sense that like I can't go into every playoff experience expecting them to win the whole thing. So anyway, my point is though that like like I said, like they the Sixers, they are very below five hundred against teams that are above five hundred, if that makes sense. Like they don't beat good teams. They really don't. And even when they do beat good teams, it's 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 tough. Like even the Raptors last night, like that was ridiculous. Like the final minute of the game was 17 minutes because we almost blew it. Like it just showed the Sixers they're, they're still young. They're still super young. And I, I I expect them to make the finals this year, but um I think it's foolish to bet against the Nets right now. Like we all saw the stat where they have like the best offensive rating in the in like in NBA history at the same time as having the worst defensive rating in NBA history. But as we know, with defense in the NBA, defense only gets better with time. Yeah. Like you don't get, especially when you're the worst in NBA history, like you're not going to get worse than that. Like once you get to know the team more and when you figure out your role, um, the defense is only going to get better. So if they keep playing like they are offensively, it doesn't really matter, in my opinion, how bad they are defensively, even with depth included and that whole James Harden trade, like it's just worth it. Like that team's insane. James Harden alone in the past like five days has beaten like the Lakers and the Clippers. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's absolutely insane. So the other than like, between you know, the New York teams. Yeah, true. <laughs> so um, my, my, my main point is like, obviously we don't know like how the Nets are going to perform in the playoffs and we have seen a Sixers team like this in the playoffs. So who knows what the Nets are going to do, but um, no, I'll make the argument for the Sixers. Like they I mean, they, they will at least make the Eastern conference finals like, like against the Nets in my opinion. Like I think that it might be a lock for the Sixers to be either the one or the two and the Nets being the one or the two as well. Um, I know it's obviously very close in the game, the standings, but I just can't imagine the Bucks peeking in there, like, especially with the way they've been playing. So anyway, no, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Sixers make it. Um, a lot of things got to go right. They're going to double team the hell out of Embiid, and it's just going to be, do we make our shots pretty much? Is Furkan going to step up? Is Shake Milton going to step up? And that's a lot of people to rely on when you're looking at another team that has Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. So no, yeah, I can't make the Sixers in the East. I, I, I just can't. Um, we'll have that argument someday, but not yet. But then um, for the West for me, real quick, Clippers. I'm going to say, <laughs> like, I'm going to bet against LeBron. I know that's stupid, but I really do think that we should talk about the Clippers a little bit. I don't know how you guys feel about them. I'll get into it in a second, but. Let me pull yet. up let, before you say. Yeah, go ahead. Let, cool. Let, let me pull up their starting lineup combination number because that, that we know how telling that is. What, the Clippers? Yeah, how many starting lineups they've? they've I don't had think this year. they've had. I mean, Paul George and Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi is always out. Yeah, I, for yeah. Reasons. I'm not like, sure. I mean, the only reason I say that also is because Paul George. We talk about playoff P a lot, and like you know, like how he's gonna do with that. But like, he's playing the best year of his career, in my opinion. Um, Paul George has become way more of a shooter than a pure scorer, especially after that injury, and he has really found that role this year. Like, he's shooting 47 percent from three. I want to say. And like I don't know no, how he's many... shooting, yeah, almost forty nine percent. I yeah. I looked that up. Yeah, he's, that's wild. Yeah. Like yeah. and like and he shoots a lot too, as we know. Like he's, right. I don't know how many he has a game he's attempting, but like that's incredible. So um, just that alone, Ibaka's been playing awesome for the Clippers. Like who would have thought that an old Serge Ibaka would be such a crucial part of that Clippers team? So um, no, I love that team. I mm-hmm. I, I know they lost a lot of pieces with Harrell and stuff like that, but um. I do think that they're still one of the best teams in the West. Kind of a dumb take, but 
we'll see. I mean, they are. They, they, it's. I feel like you're right. They, we haven't really heard much about the uh, the Clippers. I feel like lately. Yeah. Um. They could very very well beat the Lakers, you know, and we've alluded to this, and we all know Anthony Davis. I, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to just say he'll be healthy by the playoffs, but like True. he's a pretty injury injury prone player and he can go down and if he's down then it's that's a tough tough task for LeBron to handle by himself um and Still again I I don't I don't think the uh the Jazz are here to stay so <laughs> I'm not going to knock you too much for that no yeah it's also I didn't want all of us to choose Lakers Nets because that's kind of boring so Joey's got but, Clippers uh, Sixers well, Clippers with Nets. No, he said honest. Nets. I, oh, you, went, say, you, you, oh, you actually went with Nets? Okay. I'm going to say Nets. Just, yeah, I have to. Like, you just have to. Like, I feel like ugh, it's so foolish to think that anybody can beat that team. It's such a crazy good team. Joey DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I'm being foolish. It's true. No, you should be foolish. Pick the Sixers. I'm also kidding myself if I think that, yeah, that the Sixers are, or, like, I don't expect the Sixers to make the finals. <laughs> like, like oh, of course I expect that. I mean, they're the one seed. I don't know. Go nuts. I know, but they're half a game above the Nets, and the Nets have beaten like all these good teams recently. And I'm like, yeah. damn, like they're so good. <laughs> we'll see. Also, I, I did want to ask about the Celtics a little bit with Mitchell. Um, first off, Kemba sucks. Just want to say that. But um, also, do you feel like that the Celtics need a big man? Which, by the way, there are a bunch of big mans in the market right now. Big but mans. do you feel like the Celtics need a, need a big man to like make this team an actual team? Or, like, do you think Daniel Tice is enough for, like, the Celtics to make it all the way? No, well, I, I know no. he's a good defender, but I, I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like him at all. I know. I, I, I think it's just a it's just a bad funk. Like, I and again, I'm very frustrated. Like, yeah. Yeah, the, the Knicks just moved ahead of us in the standings. Uh, they were, we were ahead of them earlier, but we just lost as we were recording here. So we, we're now the seventh seed. Nice. Wow. We're officially in that playing tournament, which is that's embarrassing. Wow, that's not, so wild. Yeah, it should not be in there. And yeah, I um, I think we can definitely find momentum. Like, I'm I don't know. I'm I'm frustrated now, but I expect things to improve. And but I I, I don't I don't I I feel like I've been more optimistic in other years over the past three years. And I feel like the most heartbreaking heartbroken excuse me i've been is was the year that jack was referencing with jeff green um the yeah. celtics and the in the Cavs in game seven of the 20 2017 2018 year yeah. i think that's that's what when, it was when tatum dunked on lebron as a rookie yeah, yeah. that's yeah. iconic he's only 21 yeah. or whatever yeah. that year that was the most heartbroken i've been because that was we were so close um yeah. it was the year yeah so and i feel like every year every year since i've been a little bit less and less optimistic um, especially, I don't know. I feel like there's now four, now LeBron was in the East, but the, the Nets are a formidable force and I'm just, I don't really see anyone getting past them. And I'm kind of, I'm ex- trying to, I'm accepting that more as, as the season progresses. So yeah. to answer your question, I don't really think we need a big man, but I don't really think it's going to matter at the end so of the like day. So like Boogie or Andre Drummond does not interest you at all. Like you don't want to deal with that. Like, I've always loved Andre Drummond. I love but, Andre Drummond. Yeah. Who knows? But, uh, again, I don't think it's going to move the needle. I don't think we're going to make it this year, either, whether sure. we do or not. Which is so weird because, like, obviously it's not Brad Stevens' fault. Like, he's such a good coach. Like, there's just no way you can blame him. Tatum and Jalen Brown are both all-stars for the first time together. Like, I mean, like, Tatum obviously has been all-star before, but, like, the first time that they've both been in it. So, like, you can't just blame Kemba for, you know, <laughs> this this team's fails. 
I mean, but, say you um, want, I, I think maybe Marcus Smart may be the, the deciding uh, factor. I mean, is yeah, he playing poorly? Like, I, I, he's not, know. he's hurt. Oh, really? Okay. That, that makes sense. Oh, that's yeah. so interesting. So again, Marcus Smart's never a guy who, you know, you're going to look at the stats and say, you're going to, you, you can't just look at box scores and say, oh, yeah, that true. guy's, uh, who, what's up with this Marcus Smart guy? Like, he's just, <laughs> he's just, he blends right in. But uh, if you watch the games and he's, he's so important. So that's why, too. I don't know if it was, it the, I'm going to have to look it up. I don't know if it was last off season or this off season. He was a free agent. I don't know if you guys remember. I don't remember. I don't remember either. No, yeah. But I was very worried about losing him because I'm I'm trying to find it right now. He's but, an essential part of that team, 100%. Okay, so on July, he resigned with us in 2018, I believe, or 2019, whatever. It's two years ago, and I was very worried. I was like, I did, I really did not want to lose him because I, he's just very important to the team and. Maybe that, that that's showing right now. So that's true. I think when he comes back, and I think you know, Brown and Tatum are too talented. We'll we'll figure it out and put it together. But it's just very frustrating at the moment. Yeah, true. Your bench is so young too this year. I mean, not young, just like inexperienced. I want to say like I, I don't know who you lost on your bench this off season, but I've been seeing so many like random players that I have not seen on the Celtics before coming off the bench, and I'm just Shout like oh. Peyton Pritchard. Yeah, he's, yeah, him like him. Like, yeah, he's Peyton great. Richard. Yeah, he's great. But once again, he's not like a veteran NBA player coming off the bench. So like, and that that's just so important in the league. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we see Grant Williams plays a lot of minutes off the bench. Uh, Pritchard, Robert Williams, Carson Edwards gets in there. Are you have two Williams? That's why I always, I, I swear, like that Williams guy was always on the floor. That there's two of them. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So it is. Yeah, very young bench, and yeah, we'll see. All right, folks, that'll be um, that'll be it for our NBA midseason report. Thank you very much for listening. Um, as we said in the middle of the show, please go to Mr. T's Tuxedo at MrT'sTux.com if you have any needs for a, you know, a job interview or a prom coming up. So be sure to check them out if, if baptism. you need anything. So uh, we, we got you covered. What did you say? I said or baptism. Or, or, baptism. or baptism or uh bat mitzvah. So right. oh, not, yeah, a bar, true, not a bar mitzvah. No, no, you can't buy, you can't get those at STTs, no, not for those. Yeah, they specialize <laughs> in bat mitzvah attire. <laughs> so. All right. Um, so thank you to Mr. T Succedos. Thank you, Joey, for coming on today. Thank you for having me, of course. Great time. All right. Um, awesome. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Uh Follow the show on Instagram at Hogline Podcast. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your dentists uh, about this. I have a dentist appointment coming up next week. I should maybe tell my dentist. Good luck. Maybe you should get a tuxedo for it. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Our dentist is so awkward, Jack. Have you, do you know, yeah. you know him? He's yeah. so awkward. I feel like if I ever told him about this, he'd be like, he'd be very weird about it. Break that just though. Anyway, we got sidetracked. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs> See ya. See you guys.